Amen. Well, good morning, church. This is not what we expected, is it? You can grab a seat in the room here this morning. We have a few of the the team here today, which is awesome. We still need team to make this happen. But this isn't what we expected today. But thank goodness God is not limited. And God is not limited at all by the fact that there's some distance this morning. We're believing that the Holy Spirit will still touch your heart and touch your life. And we're thankful again for the provision of online, which is pretty awesome. Well, we felt that God placed in our hearts for this year that He was calling His church to stand, be willing to be repositioned. That the church needs to be willing to move at times from the seated position to the standing and fighting for the souls of all those people who right now don't have a relationship with Christ. He's not their personal Lord and Saviour. We spoke last week and hopefully you've caught up on it or you were here last week that God has prepared you for this fight. You may have come just like to deliver bread and cheese like David did when he went to the front lines to his brothers who were in a battle. He went to deliver bread and cheese, but when he arrived and there was a defiant giant, the fight became personal for David. He came to deliver bread and cheese, but found now that he was in a fight and David went on to defeat the giant Goliath. For each of us, we're being asked to stand in the battle for souls and to make it personal. Stand as a position of readiness for action. It's an active, not a passive posture. But remember this, the seated position is also vital for every believer to understand. The seat is not one of laziness or apathy, but is powerful in the believer's life when we have a revelation of it. It's a position that Jesus holds. When Jesus ascended into heaven, He took His seat at the right-hand side of the Father. And I said last week, that's our place of destiny also. It's a position of honour. It's a position of authority. It represents a place of intercession. Jesus intercedes for us and advocates on our behalf. It's also a place of peace and a place of rest for us because it's the place of promise where we are secure in the knowledge of eternity. But it's also for us, and I want to say this this morning, a position of victory. Jesus Christ has won the ultimate victory through His death and resurrection. Jesus defeated sin and death and He conquered the grave, smashing the barriers of separation between God and man. So when we stand to serve people, when we stand to fight for souls, we don't stand and fight for victory, we stand and fight from victory. Jesus Christ has already won the battle. But the world wants the church to sit down. It wants us to take a seat. It wants us to be quiet. It wants to turn the place of victory into the seat of defeat. But we will not take a seat and live defeated when Jesus has led His people to be victorious, to be overcomers, to live unashamed of our faith and love for Jesus Christ. So the call that we feel from heaven is that we would stand, not for ourselves, but for those in the world who right now don't know Jesus. But when we stand, and when we say yes to God, we are saying yes to the battle. Understanding this, that the enemy is working hard, as hard as he possibly can at rendering the church ineffective. Meaning there are many things that we as individuals and as a church are going to need to overcome. The enemy has and is working hard in the earth at elevating the wrong things for people to give their lives to. 
He doesn't care what it is as long as it takes God's people away from the cause of Christ. The enemy fights individuals. He fights generations. He fights God's gathered church. He fights over cities and he fights over nations. But his strategies, they're not new. They have not changed throughout the ages. And I wanna speak about a few of them this morning. The first is this, the enemy works at dividing. He loves to bring division because if he does, if he can divide his church, if he can divide families, then he can make us ineffective for God. He divides where possible. He divides families. He divides marriages. He divides churches. He divides denominations, which birth other denominations. He divides generations. He divides cultures. Anything where there is division, it speaks of the work of the enemy because our God unifies. Our God brings together. Our God binds together families. He binds together churches. He binds together denominations. He binds together generations. He binds together cultures. Wherever the people of God live together in unity, the Bible said God bestows or God commands a blessing. Psalm 133 verse one to three, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the bed, running down on Aaron's bed, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Unity is a powerful weapon for the advancement of God's kingdom because we're moving in the same direction. We're chasing the right things all together. When the church moves together in the same direction, the awesome thing is we get great forward momentum and the enemy knows that, which is why he works at dividing because he knows when there are differing plans, when there are different ideas, when the people are uncertain of what is required or how things should be done, there will be fighting and arguments, and if there is, that will make us ineffective. The enemy knows he's already defeated. So he's not, he's working at distraction. And so he wants to highlight the wrong things. The enemy wants us to have an argument about small, insignificant, unimportant things to draw us away from a place of unity. But God wants his people to keep our eyes on the mission, keep our eyes firmly fixed on him. That's why vision becomes so important. Vision in its design is to bring people together to a place of unity. This is the direction of travel. This is where we are going. This is what's truly important. And so the vision of stand is to bring unity in our hearts that together we want to reach people with the truth of who Jesus is. For that to be effective, we need to make that personal. We need to be willing to carry that as individuals. It's not just corporate. It's not just somebody else's job, somebody else serve, somebody else give, somebody else do what it takes, somebody else make a meal, somebody else do X, Y, Z. No, no, this is personal. I will serve, I will give, I will make the effort required because it's personal. If that happens, then we can see real forward press and real territory taken for God's kingdom. Philippians 2 verse one and two says this, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, 
having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. That for me is one of the many reasons that being active in the local church is so important. And that's why I feel people should attend church as often as they can. And the truth is I'm completely idealistic about that. I think everybody should be at church every week, if at all possible. I know that is not the reality for people, but that's my heart. Because in our human nature, we so easily drift away from what's central to our faith. We get distracted easily from what's truly important. And the temporal easily replaces the eternal. Being in church reminds me weekly of what really matters. It keeps me aligned with God's heart. And in the world today, when we are being bombarded with so many things, we need to keep our mind and our spirit in unity with God's heart and His plans. Here's another giant. Didn't really wanna speak on this, but I really feel it in my heart. I believe we have to face down today in our own lives across the world. This is the giant, the desire to promote and honour ourselves. It's called the giant of self. The truth that I am the most important person in the world, that I deserve the best of everything and should be able to have whatever I want. The desire to be special and the desire to be noticed. When self is number one, in any way, we will in the end do many things to ensure that we stay that way. The rise of social media has seen the increase of self-promotion. I am the product that I am selling. It's not a beat up on social media this morning because I use it and I work at keeping it under control. And when it is, it can be a wonderful tool for connection and for witness. However, there is a dark side and there is a counterfeit side which is the subtle shift to consuming people with themselves. It's called the selfie world. There's nothing wrong with taking a selfie. Don't get me wrong, but we get consumed with the glorifying of self and that's a whole nother level. The drive to be noticed and liked and special becomes a performance for the approval of people. Social media is only one of the avenues the enemy is trying to distort and trying to use. The enemy wants to blind a generation to the negatives and has cleverly sold people on the drug of self-glorifying. When self is at the center, it is very hard to put others first. It forces people to push their faith into the background because the message of Jesus isn't necessarily popular with the world and I need to push my faith into the background. So self stops us from going all in to stand up and serve God and love people. It's me first and others last. There's an old song that I used to sing at Sunday school. I'm not sure if I should sing it this morning. It's an old song, but it goes like this. J-O-Y, J-O-Y, this must surely be. Jesus first and yourself last and others in between. Hey, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, and it goes on. It's like the song that never ends, I'm pretty sure. But the enemy works hard at yourself first and others last and maybe Jesus in between. In Genesis 11, we see the self-glorifying spirit at work. When I said the devil has no new tricks, he's been doing this since the beginning of time. And it's known as the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, verse four. Let's read this. It says, then they said, come, let us build a city, build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Notice, let's make a name for ourselves. 
We're in a constant battle against self. If we lose that battle, we will not stand in the mission of reaching people with the truth of who Jesus is because my focus is no longer others, it's self. When self is the mission, then we'll never be able to get enough edification to satisfy us because self is a horrible idol. It grows in its appetite for more and more personal gratification. It's never got enough. And it in the end brings our attention to the here and now, the next thing. It means I'm building for the temporary. And in order to build for the temporary, I've had to let go of the eternal. That's why Jesus at the center is so vital in our lives. His name is the name that we glorify, not man's name, not a church name, nothing other than the name of Jesus. When a person gets the glory in our humanness, in our human weakness, we will turn that glory into a tower of self through pride. Pride will take over and instead of looking to lead people to glorify God, we'll lead people to the glorifying of self. Instead of raising an army to serve God, we'll raise a cheerleading squad to edify self. It happens in life and it happens through the church. When we have been hoodwinked by the enemy, great word, hoodwinked, by the enemy into glorifying the wrong things. Prepare was to press reset on that. We will serve Jesus through the church. We're not serving the church itself. We're not serving a person. We are serving God. We honour people and we love the church, but we're serving Jesus and glorifying God. No one else. When we buy into, we are the brand. We are the product. We can attract fans more than followers and build a cheerleading squad instead of an army with one mind and one spirit are engaged in the mission. That's why we're not making the vision this year all about campuses or buildings or upgrades, or staff, or anything other than Jesus and His mission. Those things are so great. They are the provision of God and the way that expansion is beginning to happen. It shows that it's God who has opened the doors and no man can get the glory. Only God can get the glory for what He's doing. We're thankful for His provision. We'll continue to give thanks to Him. It's incredible what God is doing. But if they somehow become the vision, then we've elevated the wrong things. We accidentally say these are the most important things. And in the realm of self, we begin to evaluate how those things in the end will serve us. But when the vision is Jesus and others, reaching people with the truth of Jesus, then it is very, has very little to do with self. And even when the church spends money on upgrades and buildings and things, we're okay because we understand the motive and the vision is an actual fact, Jesus and people. Buildings and upgrades and expansion and campuses are all tools to reaching people and glorifying God. They're important tools because as we looked last week, man looks at the outward appearance. People care how things look. So we don't neglect how things look. They're important, but we remember the motive. The Bible says man lays plans in his heart, but it's God who weighs his motive. We have the right motive, which is Christ at the center and a desire to reach people with the truth of who Jesus is. It really matters. Anything we do, we do with excellence because our motive is always to bring glory to God. But the desire is for us as an army, not a cheerleading squad, to lift up the name of Jesus over everything and to be undivided in our thinking, to reach people with the truth 
of who Jesus Christ is. Another major distraction is on the rise in the world. I call it good causes. Causes in the world that are important, but they're not the main thing for God's kids. Good causes, us in, uh, good causes are an expression of our heart for people and our love for them. We should engage in transformative projects. Absolutely, we should. They're an expression of our love and faith for people. But we have to make sure we are still committed to the eternal state of people's lives more than we are to their temporary. There are absolutely things we should fight for because God is a God of justice when I read my Bible. But again, they need to be vehicles for the good news of Jesus Christ to get to people. That's why we are single-minded in our global cause of supporting unreached peoples and least reached people groups in the world. Because the biggest injustice in the earth is people not having a chance to hear the good news about Jesus. The world is an unfair place. The world is treating people terribly and the devil is working very hard at dividing people and culture and communities and churches and everything he can divide, he will. But the greatest injustice is having the eternal truth and keeping it hidden to ourselves. And that's what the enemy wants the church to do. It wants the church to go and sit down and be quiet, be seen but not heard. We don't want what you've got and what you have to say. But the greatest injustice is if we buy into that and we hold the truth to ourselves. I met with an organisation a few years back who are doing amazing things in our world, incredible things. And they wanted us to promote their cause in the church. And it was truly a great cause. It was 2019 and God had spoken to me about the prepared journey and that I want you to put Jesus at the centre of it all. I asked this, uh, if this Christian organisation, was, which was birthed by an evangelist, had had success in sharing Christ with people. The answer was we no longer share Jesus because we cannot get enough funding if Jesus is part of our work. However, we are a Christian organisation and they are, and they are doing incredible things. But I had to say, I'm sorry, but we cannot support it at this time. I do personally, but as a church, we're on a journey of putting Christ front and centre, not removing or hiding Him away. So I cannot give mixed messages to God's people. There are many good causes. Even God breathed causes that the world is rejecting because Jesus is present. When Jesus is present, if you'll hide Jesus, we'll fund you. If you'll hide Jesus, we'll accept you. But if Jesus is going to be front and center and present, we want absolutely nothing to do with you. They're still a great cause and they're doing awesome things. We have to watch for the subtle removal of the only name that can truly change somebody's eternal destiny. Jesus is the answer to it all. Without him, it feels good, but we are rendered powerless to change anybody's destiny. God wants his his bride, the church, to understand the times. The enemy will package things attractively to lure people into the wrong fights. And I simply say this, look for Jesus. If he's not present, then it's not our greatest fight. The enemy is distracting the church wherever he can. But the fight God is calling you and me to be part of, the army He is asking you to join as a frontline army that is committed to the cause of reaching people who don't know Jesus with the good news of the gospel. That's what we are a part of. That's the church that we're a part of. The church will never remove Jesus to make people comfortable. Jesus will always be front and center. We don't even wanna move Jesus sideways. We wanna move him back in the spotlight. This is who we serve and this is who we love. It's an army 
whose leader is Jesus, whose power is the Holy Spirit, whose cause is clearly telling the world about Jesus, not hiding Him away to make people feel comfortable. It's an army that is willing to go without and sacrifice for people's eternity. It's full of love for people and it's totally committed to making room for more people to be included. It's not small-minded and it's not selfish. You see, there's only so much room in a cheerleading squad, but there are never enough soldiers to fight in the cause of the kingdom of God. So we don't wanna keep our churches small because we understand the goal is not big churches, but it's the result of a people who are committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. When that's the case, we will not fight over disagreements. We will not fight over the small and significant things that don't change anybody's eternity, but we will in one mind and one spirit keep our eye on Christ and serve the mission of God to reach the world with the truth of who Jesus is. And we will do it unashamed. And we will slay the giant of self that says it's all about me. It's all what I feel, what I need. So therefore it's also all about them. If they don't wanna hear, I won't tell them. No, no, we will live a life. It says my life will be a witness to everybody who comes in contact with me. As the worship team comes back, and I'm not quite finished, but I'm close. Here's what I feel God is saying, in case you've missed it. Life Church, remember in the seat what it is that I've done for you. Remember the promise. Remember peace. Take my rest. Remember the victory. Now stand up and go and tell others. Remember, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. We stand already victorious. What a peace that brings in our hearts. We already know that Jesus has overcome. We know we've secured our lives to His. So we stand in a place of victory and we say, let's go tell others about Jesus. Church, we need more team members than ever. As we prepare to go to three locations plus online, we need more people than ever to sign up to serve in areas in the church. We've seen God getting us ready for expansion but our part is important. We don't want God to have given us buildings and expanded us and got us ready and then somehow we get our minds off what this is all truly about. And we say, well, those things, weren't they the blessing of God? Well, yes, they are, but they are not the end result. God didn't bless us with expansion or opportunities so we could just say, how blessed are we? He did it so we could say, let's go and reach the people who are destined to fill those buildings. Let's be a people who are like an army, willing to stand up and say, God, we're not gonna finish there. That is only the beginning. That is only the foundation. Now we wanna go and build. Now we wanna go and reach people. Now we wanna go out into our workplaces, our schools, our universities, and we wanna make a difference for Jesus because if those those buildings stay empty, then we never did our job. And we didn't fulfill the true vision that you gave the church, which is that you were to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. God, we want that to be true in our hearts. So we need more people to say, yes, it's personal. I'm in. I wanna stand. I'm thankful to God that I know who I am and whose I am and what my destiny is. But God, I wanna stand. Perhaps the first step for some to putting Jesus first and yourself last and others in between. I almost wanna sing it again in the coming weeks is to sign up to serve Christ through the church. It's a good first step to stand by joining the team because the truth is we're talking about reaching the world and you have to. Monday becomes so important, but Sundays matter. It's the day where God's gathered church gathers and we get ready for the coming week. It's where the army comes in off the front lines and says, God, fill us again. God, touch us again. 
God, keep our hearts aligned and minds aligned with You. God, help us not to be distracted. Help us to keep our focus firmly fixed on what truly matters and is truly important. So Sundays matter. And then we pray that what we've been doing during the week means there are more people coming in on the weekend. And so we need more team to love on them, to help them, to disciple them, to be part of making an atmosphere where they come and they feel they're loved and they belong. It's the day we gather to get ready. Readiness to scatter. And we need help from as many of you as possible to bless each other and to prepare each other for the week that is ahead. We're gonna sing a song together now. I encourage you to stay online, stay tuned in because we've just had the message in a few moments at the end of the song, we're gonna have ministry. We've got some things in our hearts that we're gonna pray for. We're really believing the Holy Spirit to do something because we want message and ministry. We want the Holy Spirit to do something in and through your life. So stay, let's worship God. Let's really lean in in this worship song. And then Angela and I are gonna come back and we're gonna pray for some people. God bless. Thanks team.